On Blast. You're far too kind for tuning in to the On Blast podcast, also known as the Ball On Blast podcast. That's a pretty good cover. I messed up the name yeah, of the podcast. It works. It works. But I covered it up nicely. Episode nine of the Ball On Blast podcast. Actually, it might be 10. See, now I messed up too many times. I might just start right over. Oh, no. We're right? good. The, listen, we're into the throes of the NBA season here. Right? I'm, I'm getting mixed up. I don't know whether we're 10 weeks in or 9 weeks in. We I'm are. The ball is top shelf, as always. A couple clicks away, I find out that we are on episode 10. But the fact that I started off the podcast like this, Webby, is just a microcosm of what's been going on this week already. As we are taping this podcast on Wednesday night, and already it's been a crazy week because so much is going on with you know getting your everything ready for the holiday season, whatever you happen to be celebrating this time of year. It's busy times with holiday parties and schedules being all over the place and year in review shows that I'm putting together during the day. <laughs> all these other things. And literally this morning, Webby taped the uh, challenge podcast we do this morning. Oh. Nice. Went to work, finished the plays of the year, and then now we're here doing some ball on blast action. And you know what, Webby? Could have been anywhere in the world. And I'm here with you, Webby, to talk about basketball. Why? Because the NBA is amazing. Fade to black here. I love it. Man, you'd think that Santa would be the busiest guy this time of year, but no, no. Shelton Alexander putting in work on Wednesday before Christmas. I like it. Let's get her done, as they've been getting it done in the NBA, as always. We got a lot coming up on this episode of Ball on Blast. We got Kobe retiring, the Kobe retirement, big deal in LA, obviously. We got some Toronto Raptors talk in Vincent Lamar Carter and his role in the organization and the Raptors franchise going forward. Tons of stuff in the Feed Me segment. We'll talk Sixers and We'll talk that crazy game with the Sixers and Thunder last week while we were taping last week's episode. LeVar Ball is trying to supplant the NCAA. Like, so much going on, as always. And we'll preview the Christmas Day sked in the NBA. But, as always, I should introduce ourselves. I am Sheldon Alexander here once again with my man, Andrew Webster. Webby, what's up? Oh, man. Uh, listen, I'm, I feel like this past week, I've been putting in a Joel Embiid type of effort just in life. You know, my back's starting to hurt, but I'm playing right through it, man. I'm just getting it done. That's what you got to do sometimes, right? You got you to just push through. Just got to push through. I got two more days. I got, no, sorry, one more day. I got one more day of work here, and then I'm on a Greyhound to Toronto on Friday for a little bit of libations, and then down to the U.S. of A. for a little time with the parents and Christmas. Can't wait. Tons of stuff going on, holiday season, busy time, but it was also a busy time in the NBA, Webby, and we're going to start with an all-Kobe edition of the Turn Up, Turn Down segment. Thoughts there, thoughts there. I mean, it was a big week in LA. Nothing, it's like no other player ever retired before but Kobe Bryant, right? Hey, listen, Lower Marion's finest, or is it Upper Marion? I always forget. Well, well, I mean... Lower Marion, Kobe being Bryant, right? Lower Out of Lower Marion. Marion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, in, they were in our conference. Lower Marion was in our conference in high school. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, they kicked the crap out of us, obviously. But, you know, the Abington galloping ghost, they'd always put up a good fight. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. Well, we talked, we were starting with the turn up, turn down segment with an all Kobe Bryant edition because as one Pablo Torre said on Twitter, Kobe making everyone watch a short film he made before getting two jerseys retired at the same time is admittedly perfect. Doesn't that it's just a sum up? Way to cap his career, man! It really is right. It just sums up Kobe Bryant, and we are going to feed into that with an all Kobe edition of the Turn Up Turn Down segment. And as always, Turn Up equals good, Turn Down equals bad. First topic, my dude. Kobe is the greatest Laker ever. Wow. I mean, if it was any other franchise, really, except maybe the Celtics mm -hmm. and the Bulls, I would say, yeah. But the problem is, is that the Los Angeles Lakers, the Lake Show, have had so many iconic players. And whether it's uh, Kareem or Magic or uh, uh, the Logo, mm. you know, yep. I, I mean, listen, there's too many to count. but. 
I'm sorry. I think Kobe is one of the greatest Lakers, uh, and he would definitely be in my top five Lakers of all time. But I'm sorry, man. You, you, you can't knock Magic Johnson off the perch like that. Magic was so important, not just for the Lakers, but for the sport of basketball and especially professional basketball. So, listen, Kobe, you're one of the greatest of all time, but you're, you're not knocking Magic off that perch. So you're turning down on this, Webby, turning down on Kobe being the best Laker ever. I know all the young heads are going to come at me, but listen, I'm old. Okay? <laughs> well, I am also... <laughs> I am also old, Webby, but I am turning up on Kobe Bryant being the greatest Laker of all Kobe, time. How are you going to put Kobe out of Magic? I'm counting Kobe's five rings. The fact that Kobe, unlike Magic, Magic had Kareem. Kobe did have Shaq for the first Kobe few. Shaq. Kobe did have Shaq for the first few, but then after a while, your man's Kobe Bean Bryant was able to drag Pau Gasol and Andrew Bynum. Remember Hold that on. guy? Where's Andrew Bynum? Kobe Hold Bean was still able. Kobe dragged Pau Gasol. Kobe Bean Bryant dragged Pau Gasol and Jamans Lamar Odom and Andrew Bynum to two NBA Finals. And yes, did Kobe struggle in that last game seven against the Celtics? Yes, he did. And did Ron Artest bail him out? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But still, on the way there, the man rocking the number twenty-four, which we'll get to later, he was the leader of your Los Angeles Lakers. And I think the fact that he won those two rings with him being at the front, the forefront of that, that to me is what puts Kobe on top of the Lakers dynasty. And just like who gets two numbers retired like this. It's just such a weird, weird thing, but it sums up what Kobe Bryant meant to that team. And I'm counting the rings, five rings for Kobe Bean, greatest Laker of all time. I am turning up on this. Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> First of all, the only reason that he has those rings is that he was able to get them in what I like to call the uh, BL age of Ooh. the NBA. Oh. And that is before LeBron. <laughs> okay, he f- Kobe found that great little age in NBA basketball history between Jordan and LeBron. And now, don't get me wrong, he fit in nicely. He and Shaq were an unbelievable team. And I I think you're you're going through a little bit of revisionist history there with how good Pau Gasol was for those Lakers teams. Okay? Now, Kobe, listen, I'm right there with you. I think Kobe is a top eight player all time in the NBA. Mm -hmm. But there's no way, no way you can put him ahead of Magic Johnson. Wow, that's interesting. I like that, though. I, as always, I like when we disagree on these turn-ups or turn-downs, and I think that Kobe definitely gets that mark. And maybe it's a recency bias, and maybe it's the fact that, obviously, I watched the entirety of Kobe's career, whereas Magic's career, obviously, I had to watch mostly you know, through greatest games or like yeah, seeing the tail, tail end. end. I think we got the tail end, both you and I, of Magic's career. Yeah, the tail end of Magic's career when he really wasn't Magic. Right. Like so and the the terrible comebacks that he made and all that. But even like that, like late 80s magic, like I'm I'm young. We're we're young at that time. But we've seen a lot of the games, but we still didn't really get the feel of, you know, peak of his powers. Magic Johnson, you know, the fact that basically they were guaranteed the NBA finals every time. Uh, Magic stepped out on the court for an NBA season, right? So, like, he played all five positions. Yeah, that's uh, hey, there is not a better point guard, you know, like a point forward. That term just didn't exist, right? Like, Magic was the point forward or the stretch four or whatever we want to call what LeBron's doing on a night to night basis, right? Magic was already doing that. And I give, I give a lot of credit for that, but I got to ride with Kobe Bean Bryant just because, like, the lasting legacy that Kobe has. And we'll, we'll get to this with our next turn up, turn down, but I got to ride with Kobe on this one. And I guess in the end, the, the end argument goes to the rings, five rings, Kobe four magic four four for magic. I'm pretty sure five time NBA champion for magic three time finals MVP. You're correct. You're correct. You're correct. Three time MVP. You are correct. So the rings are equal more finals MVPs for magic. You're convincing me here, Webby. You're convincing me. This is I, tough. Listen, he, 
forget about the rings. Forget about the MVPs. I'm talking about importance to the game. Hmm. Before Magic Johnson and Larry Bird showed up, the NBA was something that was coming to you on tape delay. (laughs) You're right. You're right. You're right. Magic Johnson was one of the two personalities in the NBA to bring the sport to where we know it today. Webby, I must say, I do enjoy when we disagree on these turn up, turn down segments, but I, I enjoyed a little bit less when you embarrass me like that, Webby. <laughs> hey, it's the magic of, <laughs> I thought he only had three. It's the magic of Wikipedia, my friend. Magic, magic, magic. Let's move on to the next turn up or turn down segment and see if we can agree to disagree on this one as well. Kobe is better than LeBron. Webby, turn up or turn down? No, I'm turning down on that. LeBron is a far more complete player than Kobe is. I think that was kind of – after your magic take, I feel like that was the obvious no, answer you're going to get, I, but you don't even think it's close. I don't, want you to, I don't want you to paint me as a Kobe hater. Okay. No, no, no. We'll never do okay. that. Okay. We'll never do Kobe that. Is, Kobe is, uh, in terms of a scorer, probably the second best all time next to Jordan. Okay. And maybe maybe Kareem. Mm-hmm. Maybe behind Kareem too. But just in points of getting buckets, yeah. Just uh, uh, there's nobody who's done it like Kobe. Absolutely an ice cold assassin out there. There's a reason they call him the Black Mamba, because he's a killer. <laughs> okay. Nope. But but uh, as a complete player, come on, man. LeBron. Come on. Like 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 I say, we've we've got Jordan era. And we've got LeBron era, man. That's just the world we're living in in the NBA. It's funny because with both Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, at a certain point, it was just, yo, you're hating on them. Like, you need to just stop and respect the gangster that is Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. You know what I mean? Like, watching them both, I came to that realization that, you know, you just need to appreciate the greatness that you're getting to witness their entire careers for, right? And I'll say that I was on the Kobe being better than LeBron's side until LeBron won that championship in Cleveland. That was the thing where I said, okay, I'm watching this dude do things that I've never seen before and things that I don't think Kobe Bryant could do. Like when you're talking about the great plays that Kobe Bryant made in his career, whether it's the 81 points, whether it's all the clutch game winning shots, you know, LeBron might not have as many of those moments, but when you add in the iconic like chase down block, it just exemplifies like just how much more LeBron James was able to do on a basketball court and how much more he was able to affect a game. Yeah, absolutely. Just in all facets of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was just such a weird, like and crazy thing. Listen, and that's not again, it's not to take anything away because Kobe was a very underrated defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially on the perimeter. Kobe had his all all defensive teams for sure. It definitely didn't have the passing ability or the vision. Yeah, and but the thing with Kobe is, it, it felt like he always had the talent. Yeah, you know, if if he wanted to, he could take a year and make himself into the best passer ever. He has that gene of he can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like he always wanted to be the guy to just score. You know, the yeah. guy who who you can put that scoring load on his back and he can take care of it. You know what's super interesting too, Webby, about what you are just saying about the two eras and you know Kobe being in between the Jordan to LeBron era? The interesting part about that is we watch all the things that LeBron did and how LeBron has now affected the league. And we almost, not that we knock Kobe for not doing that, but it's just Kobe came up watching Mike. And so all he was trying to do was be a scorer and gun like Mike. And and so he he did that, and that was kind of like the key to success for his era and the era that he played in and the era that he came up in, right? Like being able to go out there and, you know, back your defender down and hit fadeaway jumpers in that mid-range game. Like that personified what that era of basketball was. And LeBron has just been good because he's been able to like cross over to the point where he's able to do that, yes. But now he's like this hybrid guy that has led to these unicorns that we see now, right? Where we're having these guys like shoot threes and it's positionless basketball and all these things. And it's like, okay, cool. The two of them, we've always been trying to compare them. 
but they're so different at their cores, right? And it's almost unfair to be to still be comparing them because you know, at the end of the day, it's greatness against greatness, right? You're absolutely right. Now you bring up a funny thing with the Kobe MJ thing. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that Kobe put that MJ comparison and being the next Jordan, I think almost at a detriment to what he could have been. Interesting. It's interesting. You know, to, to emulate Jordan so much and to put every ounce of talent he had into being, you know, the next prototypical Michael Jordan type of player mm-hmm. down to the all defensive teams the mid-range game, the jumper being wet sauce all the time. Whereas what LeBron has done is not follow in that same footsteps as a Jordan or a Kobe, right? He's taken the talents and the strengths that he has, and he's become, you know, what is now the prototype for a great NBA player. He's not following anybody else's footsteps. He's just becoming the player that, he the best player he can be making the best uses of his strengths for sure and and you know what to stay on this whole tip about them just being equal like close to greatness right like equally great i'm saying that while also saying that lebron is better but you know what i mean like we're talking about different levels like micro levels of greatness here but to me the the cool part is when you look at how different they are and the levels of success that both guys were able to get to in the different ways and how they did it. And what I mean is LeBron is like, by all accounts, a great teammate. LeBron is watching tape, trying to figure out how he can accurately pass you the ball so you can smoothly go into your jump shot. Whereas Kobe, and sorry, LeBron's doing that with regardless of what level of skill you are, right? Like he's doing that if you're Kyle Korver, but he was doing that if you were like Booby Gibson, right? Like Anderson Mo Williams was an all-star. Right. You know what I mean? And and like those things are happening because that's just how good LeBron James is. Whereas Kobe Bryant, when he had horrible teammates, right, like he's letting it known he's chirping Smush Parker, letting it known that, you know, uh, Sasha Vujicic sucks. Right. Like it was just so crazy to think of how they both got to these great levels of success, but in complete different ways. And we're just lucky as basketball fans to be able to watch both of them. But I think we both agreed here that we are turning down on Kobe Bryant being better than LeBron James. Agreed? Yeah. Agreed. So we'll move on to our final all-Kobe edition of the Turn Up, Turn Down segment. And this was a question that was floating around, especially because my guy retired two numbers. So the question is, or the topic is, number eight Kobe was better than the number 24 Kobe. Webby, turn up or turn down? So I'm, I'm turning down that eight was better than 24. Okay. Eight was more likable than 24 for sure. Okay. Uh, eight was the precocious kid with the big brother Shaq, uh-huh. the guy who would kind of take over if Shaq got into foul trouble. The He was the Robin, the Shaq's Batman, you know? Okay. 24 was, was bad. <laughs> 20, 24 was bad, man. 24 was 20, a Black Mamba Kobe, right? 24 was making Raja Bell's life a living hell. It's so crazy because the 24 Kobe, like the, the number eight Kobe is like raw and mean and angry. And like when you go back and look at some of those old tapes, you know, some of those crazy dunks where he's catching the ball in stride, going around his back and doing a reverse layup or reverse dunk. Like that's crazy. You know, like the the Kevin Harlan sucked the gravity out of the building. You know, like those plays are so crazy, super duper athletic, right? And that Kobe is an animal. But 24 Kobe is kind of like the wiser Kobe. If I remember correctly, Webby, were you also working on March Madness that year with us? Yeah, was that was. the same year? And Kobe was going on that run where he had the consecutive 50-point games. And I remember we were doing March Madness coverage, and we had to break in to update because Kobe got to 50 again in another game. Like that, Kobe, the, the one thing with, with Kobe Bean, and that was so cool to like have this sort of uh, recap of his career, was all the great moments and memories and like moments in time that you're always going to remember. Right. And that might be the only reason why 
if you were to lean on Kobe being better than LeBron, Kobe has more of those moments. And I think LeBron think? will get there. I think LeBron will get there, but Kobe has more of those things that it's just like, yo, man, 81 points is a real thing. Like, I don't know. Like, that's one of the craziest things I we know. will ever see in the in sports. In sports. Like, think about what would have to happen for that to be broken, right? Like, that would be like James Harden in this era with the threes. It would be James Harden or Steph Curry trying to do that. Like, that's the only way to the line, Getting to the line, because then you're slowing the game right down, right? Because Devin Booker got to 70 yes. was last 70 year, and it was like tons of them were, were from the line. The Sorry. funny thing about 81 was that, this is no word of a lie, mm-hmm. I watched every second of that game. I know exactly where I was. Mm-hmm. I was in Vancouver okay. at a frat house at UBC. I had a bunch of buddies who were in a frat. Yeah. And uh, and I would go and we'd watch Raptor games. Mm-hmm. And so we like we sat down, you know, got into some libations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and we're all sitting around this TV. We're watching it. And it's the second quarter. And we're just like, how, how many points does he have now? <laughs> Is there any possible way? Third quarter. Starts to fill up more and more. Fourth quarter, the place is packed. The the TV room in this frat house was jammed with people from all around the university that came to watch a game here. It was unbelievable. That's amazing. It's funny, too, because, again, that's a moment in time, right? Like, you'll remember where you were when. And I know that I was, it was a Sunday night, and I was leaving work because I used to cut plays of the week on a Sunday night on Sunday nights. And I was walking out of work and I remember I looked on the TV and I saw the score and Kobe had, it wasn't anything crazy. Like his point total wasn't anything crazy, but like he scored like three straight buckets in a row or something. And I sat down, like I had my jacket on, bag on and everything. (laughs) And I sat back down to like watch and then just couldn't take my eyes off of it. Right? Like it was just like, you're glued at that point and you're locked in to the point where, okay, this is crazy. Like what is actually happening here? Because the Raptors were up by 20 and he just slowly keeps coming and, yeah. and they couldn't do anything. And everybody got a bit of that. Mo Pete got some Jalen Rose, got some Joey Graham, got some Jose Calderon, got some like Kobe wasn't like, Oh, it was just one of the craziest things you'll, you'll ever see. And I mean, it was great to relive some of those moments with Kobe's retirement and, you know, we, we kind of wanted to pay homage in our own little way with dedicating our Turn Up, Turn Down segment to Kobe Bean. Yeah? Bean. From the Kobe Bean Bryant to the team that he put 81 points on, your Toronto Raptors. It's time for our Wrap It Up segment. And it was very interesting, Webby, because a man who was once of the top billing where there were rumors that they were trying to make trades for Kobe Bryant, for your man's Vince Carter. I remember that. Right? Like, how crazy is that now? But Vince Carter made his return to the ACC for what could be his last game in Toronto. And it had people getting all nostalgic. And it once again brought up the Vince Carter conversation in terms of how do you see him fitting in this in this franchise or organization in the future? Should they retire his number? Should they be honoring him? How should fans feel about Vincent Lamar Carter. So I decided we should do that for this wrap it up segment and discuss Vince because he's always a hot button issue around Raptor fans and you will get so many polarizing opinions. So simply, I'll start here with this, Webby. Should Raptor fans still be cheering Vince Carter? Like, is it time to get over hating Vince Carter? It's so tough for me. Yeah. Because I was one of those Raptor fans that when he treated the franchise like he did, mm-hmm. I said, that's it. Yeah. And then he continually came back here and broke the hearts of Raptor fans <laughs> on a yearly basis, whether it was in regular season or in the playoffs with the Mets. Yeah. He would come back here and he would, and he really, after he left, he really never had anything great to say about the franchise or the fans. It's it not really, really until it's not really until like late in his career now, right, where he started getting nostalgic and you kind of get the what ifs that pop up every once in a while, right? But it's not like he ever really spoke fondly about Toronto until let's say a couple years ago. I think yeah, when he got to Memphis. 
So the question now comes, should the Raptors retire Vince Carter's number 15 when he retires? Yes, they should. You know what's so interesting? I was hard on the no and like, we're talking sports hate. When we say we hate people, we're talking sports hate. Just for, you know, the people that are like, oh my God, he just said he hated Vince Carter. But I'm talking no, I'm sure of like, he's an awesome dude. I'm sure he's a great guy, right? And like, I'll say this. I remember when the Toronto Raptors were first announced as a thing, right? So you got to think about kids, mid 90s, and oh, it's a Michael Park Jordan. Just come out. But it's like the Michael Jordan era and like, oh, we're going to get our own basketball team in our own city. And I remember that year for Christmas, my mom got me a Toronto Raptors pullover jacket. I think it was like, like pro a starter player. jacket? I don't think it was starter. I think it was like pro player, I think, if my memory serves. But I say that to say, as a kid, like I was so excited about Toronto getting its own basketball team and a diehard Raptor fan as a kid. And so Vince Carter came in the league and he dominate like he tore up the league and i don't know like we always think of how great basketball is now in the twitter era like imagine vince carter's rookie year in the internet twitter era that we are in now right like it would have been so crazy because night after night vince was just dunking on someone and doing something crazy that you've never seen before so i was a huge 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 raptors fan and huge vince carter fan so when he quit on the team and let's not get it twisted he quit on the team and then said so himself in that legendary John Thompson interview. Look it up, kids, if you're too young to remember this. But when he quit on the team, I don't know if I've ever been as heartbroken as a sports fan than when Vince Carter just quit and then left, told us he quit, and then started dunking again. That was the most devastating thing. And then, you're right, he came back and just murdered the Raptors with the most disrespectful plays, like hitting that when when he... He splashed that three to win the game and then stood at midcourt flexing and Jay Kidd like jumped on his shoulders. Like that burned me inside my chest, Wimby. You know what I mean? Like Or or how about when he uh when he got Mo Pete the he got Mo Pete injected? Oh, yes, and he slapped him, right? He like slapped him joking around and Mo Pete. Yeah. Like there's just so many moments that I was just like, this guy really did quit. Like he stopped being aggressive and going to the basket, then got traded and started dunking on Alonzo Mourning like two weeks later. And it's like, what? And you know who, uh, I think it was Rubinov the other day, brought up like, when was the last time you heard someone be out with jumper's knee? <laughs> like, think about that for real, right? Like, consistently, Vince Carter was out with jumper's knee, and that I, I don't even know the last time I've heard that term even used in the NBA. Seriously, no. though, right? And like, Vince Carter was consistently out, and he quit on the team, and I've never been, as a sports fan, I'm being serious, I've never been as angry as a sports fan than I was at Vince Carter. But with that said, they should retire his jersey because his impact on the game is bigger than him quitting on the Raptors and, you know, the Raptors yeah. not being able to help him out. Like, when you hear all these kids, whether it's Corey Joseph, whether it's Tristan Thompson and Kelly Olenek and Wiggins and all these dudes say that they're in the NBA because they watched Vince Carter, like, yeah, the impact of what he did means more and that's why you should retire Vince Carter's jersey. I'm old enough that I remember the bad times and so I'll always like I'll always throw shade at Vince, but I understand that it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. When the Raptors came into being, first it was, you know, Damon Stoudemire was the big piece and then they got the Marcus Camby pick. He was supposed to be the big next piece and when those guys kind of fizzled out and it was a wasteland for the Raptors and then I mean, you brought up a good point that Vince early on would have been a great Twitter athlete, but you know what Vince was? He was the perfect sports center athlete. Yeah. And growing up in the States, man, all I could wait for was in the morning, turning on sports center before I went to school and seeing what Vince did. Yeah. You know, and then hey, some of the things that you'd see, they'd be jaw dropping. Yeah. And, and, it made you proud, not just to be a Raptors fan, but to be a Toronto fan. And, and, like, like I said, growing up in the States, my friends would be like, oh my God, I didn't even know Toronto had a basketball team, let alone you guys got the best dunker in the, in the history of the game. And then I'll tell you what really just like set that guy apart and what sent him on a rocket to the moon was 
was the dunk contest. Yeah. Talk about moments in time. We were just talking about moments in time. Remember where you were when? I mean, there's few bigger than the dunk contest, right? Like, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And I remember being, we're at my boy's house and like all, maybe like 30 of us crammed into the living room to watch that dunk contest. And it was just so amazing, like such an incredible thing. And as you just said, it was, it was like the first chance to be like prideful, like, yes, this is ours, right? Like our guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so maybe that's what the, the breakup, what made the breakup so much more disheartening right yeah 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 definitely definitely you know what's funny too like you bring up that dunk contest my old man is a huge sports fan he's not much of an nba guy yeah you know he loves college basketball but he's not a big nba guy but i still remember like we were watching that together my Mm -hmm. dad and i and i've never seen him react to a, a basketball player especially a dunk contest like that he was like a little kid again. We, we were both just on our couch. We were going nuts. Yeah. So amazing. So with that, though, you know, we just talked about the nostalgia aspect of Vince Carter and how we both feel that, you know, Vince Carter's jersey should be retired by the Toronto Raptors one day. But that then brings us to my next question here to wrap up this wrap it up segment. Is Vince Carter still the best Raptor of all time or has this run by this recent run by this uh, We the North version of the Raptors kind of making people think that it might be DeMar DeRozan? What are your thoughts, Webby? Who is the greatest Raptor of all time? Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, the more and more you look at the numbers, especially this year, what DeRozan is doing, mm-hmm. and, and, and considering that, you know, it seems like he wants to stay here, he's gotten the team farther than any than than Vince ever got the team uh in the playoffs. Very true. Um wow, it's tough. I mean as an in-game dunker too, he's right up there with Vince. I know that's a bit of a Ooh, I don't know if I could give you that one, Webby. I don't know if I could give you that. I'm not going to say better. I'm not going to say better, but man, DeRozan's got some big thumpers in his uh, portfolio, man. I don't know, Webby. I think you got to go to YouTube and and look for Dino's uh, Vince Carter Court Cuts edition. (laughs) Do you know how many times I've seen Dino's Vince Carter Court Cuts? (laughs) Amazing, right? The the one thing though, I'm going to go with Vince Carter is still the best Raptor of all time, and. There's a few reasons why. One, I think, you know, the fact that Kyle Lowry exists adds to the team success that the Raptors have had recently. But also, also when you just go back, Vince Carter going head-to-head with Allen Iverson in a playoff series, and they're just trading 50-point games, like, that is a crazy, crazy thing that I I just think that, for me, is what puts... Uh, Vince Carter over DeMar DeRozan as DeMar's been okay in the playoffs but I think we've highlighted more of the struggles had by DeMar DeRozan in the playoffs than we've had anything come close to the 50 points the 50 point performances that uh, we watch Vince Carter duel with Allen Iverson like that is crazy like peak of his powers Allen Iverson going back and forth with Vince Carter that is some of the craziest shit ever in franchise history and because of that I will still put Vince Carter as the greatest Raptor of all time. But you know what? You know what's great about this? There's this thing called Twitter now, which wasn't there when Vince Carter was playing, and we can hear from the fans. Do you know what I mean? And like the fans, like let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up in the comment section, wherever you listen to the podcast. And Raptor fans, we want to hear from you. Do you think, on all these topics, do you think Vince Carter is the greatest Raptor ever? Should the Raptors retire his jersey number? All of these things, hot button issues for Raptor fans. Let us know what you think because we're we're fans just like you guys. You know, we have opinions and we just talk about it and record it and share it to the world. There's three Raptors numbers that should be retired. Zantabak. Fifteen. There's four, and there's ten. Yeah, I I won't argue with any of those. I will not argue with any of those, Webby. Uh, that is a a solid wrap it up segment because, you know, I just think that it's great now, at least like think about how far the Raptors have come from, you know, you have absolutely nothing really to celebrate 
other than Vince Carter. And then now that it's even a conversation, right, that we're talking about DeMar DeRozan as being the greatest Raptor ever, right? Like, could we even imagine that even two, three years ago, right? Like, it's so crazy and good to see the development of this franchise as being a legitimate franchise in the NBA as the Raptors continue to have a great season this year as well. Also, and you know what? Another big win tonight against the Hornets. And they're just, we talked about it last week, man. They are rolling right now. They are rolling indeed. And you know what? We're going to try to keep things rolling as well with our Feed Me segment. And this is going to be a little interesting here for the Feed Me segment, Webby. <laughs> because I'm tying it into your Sixers corner. Because last week when we were taping this podcast, right? We were taping the podcast and, and the Sixers were in what some are calling the greatest game of the this NBA season, which is high praise because it's been a crazy NBA season, but it was a triple overtime thriller between OKC and the Sixers. Now, you were able to watch the game. You had the game up, and I'm sure if you listened to the podcast last week, we could hear you cheering during it. And I'm, There's a couple of yells. There's a couple of yips going on. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The game was pretty crazy, and you know what, Webby? After when I went back to watch it and like see what was going on online, because I didn't have a TV in front of me while we were taping, I honestly, my first thought was, wait a second. How did Webby keep it together while we were taping and this crazy game was going on? So this is our Feed Me segment because literally the first time I saw all of these things, it was online. Which shout out to the NBA, by the way, because they make it the easiest sport to follow. Because I had no idea any of this stuff was going on. Turned it on. It was in triple OT. And then boom, right away on Instagram, I saw, and I, wanted, I want you to tell me which one of these things stuck out to you the most. Russ's dunk in the mean mug. Oh. Embiid going head-to-head with Melo and Melo trash-talking him and telling him, I'm not the one to play with, or Russ waving at Embiid and their kind of back-and-forth that they had. Which one of these things stuck out to you? And again, shout-out to the NBA, because the first time I saw all of these things were on Instagram. <laughs> which well, is, You know what? It, it, it was all of them, man. It was such a great competitive game, yeah. and uh, those guys were all locked in but honestly, man, um, the thing that stuck out to me the most was just the the look of pain. Every stoppage, in as later and later the game went, the look of pain on JoJo's face and then him gritting it out. And I know that they came up short against a Thunder team that's not that great right now. Mm-hmm. But man, the performance that Embiid had going in that game was unreal. He did it all. He was limping back. He had a block on, I want to say it was Carmelo. Yeah. Where he limped back and swatted it against the glass. <laughs> it was insane. He had a he had a he had a bounce pass to uh oh, who did he find as a cutter? Might have been Raddick, and just dropped this gorgeous bounce pass to the baseline from the top of the key. So, so much going on in that game, Webby, but I want to focus on your boy Embiid and what's going on with him and Russ, because that led to some interesting post-game sound as well, but essentially, so Russ wasn't happy that when Steven Adams fouled out, Embiid was doing his thing where he's waving at him, telling him to go home, pumping up the crowd. So then at the end of the game now, where the Sixers lose... Russ decides he's going to take this opportunity to wave back at Embiid and tell him to go home. What did you make of that whole thing and just how, you know, the post-game comments as well that Embiid made where he was like chirping Russ about taking 30 shots or whatever. But what did you make of the whole Russ and Embiid back and forth? I loved it. I loved it. You'll never find a more competitive guy in the NBA than Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And and to have, and for you to 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 play the way that you did to draw his ire means you got to be doing something right. You know what was funny to me? It was interesting because uh, Russ was saying, you know, people keep talking about Russ being a horrible teammate, which was so funny, but like he was, you could tell he was visibly mad. And even when he had to talk about it in the post game, he was so mad that he felt MB disrespected Steven Adams, you know, and for a guy who gets knocked all the time for being a bad teammate, it appeared to me that he was just so much more upset that you know Embiid was was trash talking or trying to diss his teammate you know what i mean and 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 that was kind of the thing that that caught my attention cuz 
Russ was kind of just like, nah, you're not going to do that, right? Like, there's no need for you to do that. The guy played his heart out. Everyone's out here balling, playing hard. You're not going to try to embarrass a guy like that. And I, I respected Russ sticking up for his teammate like that. I think if there's one guy you don't have to worry about disrespecting, you can take care of his own self. <laughs> it's Stephen Adams. <laughs> you make good points. You make good points. I thought it was also funny, too, and like, uh, the generation gap between Embiid and, and Melo. And like, just because Embiid like tries to step up in his face, like happens a lot in the NBA, you know, like, or just happens a lot in sports now, you know, the kind of like taunting and Melo's just kind of looked at him like, come on, man. Like, I'm not the one, like, don't do that. Don't do that. But like, then the, I'm not the other great thing was that Embiid used it to his advantage. Yeah. He kind of shrugged off Melo and then it, it had him fire up the crowd more as he like turned to the Philadelphia crowd. He was like, are you kidding me with this guy? Like, get him out of here. Do you know what it kind of reminded me of? Like Melo looking at the millennial generation, kind of like, remember that video? Was it with USA Basketball? When oh, someone's yeah, where, they're, where they're singing the, what was it? The, uh, Is it Vanessa Carlton? <laughs> yes. No, no, not Vanessa Oh, what was Wasn't it, it that? It's Vanessa Carlton. No, I'm not gonna sing it. It's from uh, the movie White Chicks, but like the song oh, yeah. is by Wait, Vanessa. Okay, was it Vanessa Carlton? I think so. I don't know. Let me see. Let me see. We're gonna Google this right now. Listen, it's but, a jam. It's a good jam. <laughs> but there, the the Team USA video. I'm sure if you don't remember it, Google it right now. It's Team USA, and they're on the plane singing a song, and they're having a sing along, and it's like Jimmy Butler, Mello. Uh, who else is in the video? Damar. Damar, yeah. Damar's um, in there. He's right at the front, right? He's he's uh, right in the front. And basically, Kyrie's in there. Jimmy Butler's in there. That's right. Kyrie's in there. <laughs> KD. And then as they're singing it, the, the camera just like pans over, and it is Vanessa Carlton for sure. Um, uh, shouts. Yeah, shouts to Vanessa Carlton, A Thousand Miles the actual title of said song. But I'm sure everyone knew what song we're talking about anyways, because that's not the point. But the the, vid, the the camera just like pans over to Mello, and he just has this look of disgust on his face. <laughs> like he's just like, looking like, oh man, like the millennials, like he's the old head in the like, room. get off my lawn. Exactly. That's kind of the look he was giving Joel Embiid while he was trying to to give him the, the tough guy, the tough guy look. And I just thought that was hilarious. So funny. Just... A great, great game and the best that the NBA has to offer in terms of two teams who are competitive. They could be, you know, middle of the pack in their respective conferences, but, you know, still giving you one of the best games of the year. Star power, hype, like, it was just great. It's why we watch every night. It's why we watch and it's why it, it, it fed me, the feed me segment. So good. What also continues to feed us is the Ball family. And we had late breaking news, Webby. Oh, Jesus. On a Wednesday afternoon by your man's Darren Ravel. Breaking. LeVar Ball says he's starting a big baller league for the nation's top players who don't want to go to college. Says he'll pay up to $10,000 a month for players. <laughs> Where's he getting that money? Off that headline alone, that's your. I want to ask you what your initial thought is. Off that headline alone. Okay, one is there's no way he sold that many big baller brand shoes. <laughs> so, and then two is the league in Lithuania. <laughs> it is not. I I will read more details as Darren Ravel had more details, to which he says, uh, "Ball said his junior basketball association." which he said is fully funded by his big baller brand, plans to pay the lowest-ranked player salary of $3,000 a month and the best player $10,000 a month. He's looking for 80 players to fill 10 teams that will seek to play at NBA arenas in L.A., Dallas, Brooklyn, and Atlanta. So LeVar says, quote, Getting these players is going to be easy. This is giving guys a chance to get a jump start on their career, to be seen by pro scouts, and we're going to pay them because someone has to pay these kids. Webby, what do you think of all this? Yeah, well, I agree somebody does have to pay these kids, but I'm just not sure if it's LeVar Ball who's going to be the one who does. <laughs> it's amazing. Like It hit me that, yo, is LeVar Ball trying to make basically the basketball version of the CHL? 
Yeah, well. <laughs> like it's crazy. No, I just say like this is all crazy, and on first glance, you're like, okay, this is crazy. This doesn't make any sense. But then you think, yo, the CHL is a thing, and I'm not saying that Lavar Ball can create the exact same, you know, the 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 exact same organization that turns into the basketball version of the CHL. What I'm saying is, in terms of a league that isn't university, right? It isn't school, and it isn't really the pros it's kind of somewhere in between i mean i don't know it's just right when you think you're done with lavar ball or like you've seen it all you've heard it all it just keeps coming it's it's a gift that keeps on giving listen this is a great idea and it's something that the nba really needs to take a look at a league whether it's the g league or something else but a league where kids who have the talent to play professionally and not have to kind of go through the, the, I mean, the sham of going to a one year school. Like you look <laughs> at what Ben Simmons did at LSU. Was there any reason that he did that? I mean, no, it's true. kind of a stupid rule. And if you did give these kids a, 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 an avenue to play professionally, without maybe getting them to the NBA, I, like a CHL of the NBA, I think that's a good idea. So it is a good idea by LeVar. I just don't know if he's going to be the one to put it into practice. It's also funny, too, because this article kind of seems like it's just something LeVar has said, because later on it goes on to say, Ball admits there's a lot of work to do to get the league ready. No venues have been rented. Ticket prices haven't been set. He also doesn't have any players yet, as the league won't include Leangelo and Lomelo, who have signed with whatever that team is in Lithuania. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. But what he does have is a logo, which is a silhouette of, of his son. Ron- Hold on. Have you seen it? You don't know what it is? No. It's a silhouette of his son, Lonzo, <laughs> going up for a dunk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So Lonzo is the Jerry West of this league, is what you're telling me. Lamar said, quote, we don't need a logo of a guy dribbling. Nobody does that anymore. Wait, what? Nobody dribbles? <laughs> I don't know. That's what he said. I don't know. This is amazing. Uh, again. I am entertained by LeVar Ball. <laughs> I'm still here for this. I'm not saying this league is going to be a thing. I'm not saying that, you know, I would advise my kid to go to LeVar Ball's league, but I am entertained by this story. I'm entertained by LeVar Ball, and I'm interested to see what he has next for us. <laughs> like I say, it's a great idea. I just don't know if he's the one who's going to put it into practice. Oh, man, that's so good. He He keeps giving us... Like just gold for the feed me segment each and every week. Shouts to you, Lavar Ball. Uh, Big shouts. But as always, we we wrap things up on the Ball on Blast podcast with a segment that we like to call Ask on Blast. And this week, Webby, Teddy wants to know what Christmas Day game are you most looking forward to? Do you have to ask? Well, I mean, are you kidding me? So hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get to your gushing, because I think I we all know where you're going. I'm gonna go through the sked. Okay, okay. we got Sixers at Knicks at twelve, Cavs oh, and Warriors at three, Wizards Celtics at five thirty, Rockets Thunder at eight p.m., T Wolves Lakers at ten thirty. First off, that is an outstanding schedule of NBA basketball Dude, for Christmas. Do you think? I'm in. See, I. I looked at that schedule and I thought that after five o'clock, mm-hmm. after the Cavs Warriors is over, none of those games are are really like. I mean, I'm not going to be sneaking out of the uh, of the dining room during Christmas dinner to be watching Wizard Celtics. True, Wizard I think Celtics. I'll say this much: Wizard Celtics is perfect for dinner time, right? So <laughs> that's cool. I could like keep an eye on that and like jump in at the end when something's going down, but. Best believe I'll be back in my, front of my TV for Rockets Thunder at 8 p.m. I will Why? be firmly no, in front of my TV to see that. Rockets are going to blow them out. That's great. I'm still going to want to watch it. I still want to see it happen. I still want to see there, Russ go head-to-head e- with the rejuvenated Chris Paul. There, there's an Eagles game that night. 
Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. So no, do I even have to ask like which game you're looking forward to the most? Is I'm guessing it's Sixers Knicks. It's a battle of unicorns, bud. <laughs> uh, how often do you see one unicorn, let alone two, that are gonna lock horn at a noon? I, I can't wait. That game's gonna be awesome. So hold on. And, Cavs Warriors honestly, does nothing for you, no? Okay, Cavs Warriors for sure, and that's a great game. Perfectly placed, not too late, right in the middle of the day, so you can kind of uh, have your Caesar or uh, just hang out with the fam. Yeah. But the problem with that game is, I don't think Curry's going to play. True, that's true, and it, it does feel but like that, if he's if everyone's not healthy, it kind of feels like we're getting cheated, right? Still, definitely a must watch. But I definitely think that the ranking of these Christmas Day games. Goes from earliest to latest. I mean, no, I'm definitely putting Cavs Warriors ahead of Sixers Knicks, and I'm also putting yo. I'm also putting Rockets Thunder over Sixers Knicks. I'm in on the Rockets and Thunder. What? So in on Rockets Thunder. I mean, Wizards Celtics. I'm we're we're both like kind of sleeping on it just because it's like T Wolves Lakers. I can care less to be quite honest. Well, the only reason to care about T Wolves and Lakers is because the entire TNT crew. Shaq, Ernie, Kenny, oh, and Chuck game? are going to be calling that game at Staples Center. So that's going to be uh, awesome. Oh, that is going to be pretty good. That's that's a great reason to tune into that game. And the inevitable meeting between LeVar Ball, the aforementioned LeVar Ball, and nemesis Charles Barkley. That's going to be something that's going to be pretty interesting to see how that shakes down. Oh, I bet we're going to get a little LeVar Ball on the microphone with with that crew. Well, Webby, we started this episode talking about the Christmas season, and we ended this episode talking about a great slate of NBA games that we oh, are looking forward to. Embiid. Hey, I'm in. Oh, it's like Battle of the Titans. Hey, I'm still going to be there to watch. I'm I'm excited. I'm going to be there to watch. I'm excited, Webby. Don't don't get we'll me wrong. We'll be texting. We'll be texting. We shall be texting indeed. And you know what? Get on your own personal text machines and hit us up if you want to discuss anything that we just talked about. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us where we're right. Tell us what we should be watching. What are you going to be watching on Christmas Day? What are you most excited about? Let us know. As always, my name is Shelton Alexander. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Hey, and this is Andrew Webster, and you can find me on all social media at a Webster 84 when it's Christmas Day around 12, 1230, and you're watching JoJo MB put Porzingis into the dishwasher. <laughs> Holler at your boy on Twitter. Let's watch it together, bud. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. We'll see you then. And until next week, as always, we are the Ball on Blast podcast, unpolished and unapologetic. Till next time, see ya. Peace. Boom, blast.